Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Hey everyone, welcome to Inverse. My name is Justin Kim. I'm the host of Inverse, and you are watching my friends and I have a discussion on the Bible. We want to encourage you to go to inversebible.org where you can download the Bible study guide. And the topic that we're talking about in the next 13, well, we're in the 13 quarters right now, <laughs> is on the topic of God first. God first. And so I want to welcome uh, Sebastian and Israel and Callie to hey. the table. Hey guys. Aloha. Hey you guys. <laughs> And uh, we have been talking a lot of stuff, a lot, a lot of narratives, a lot of, a lot of principles about giving. Yes, mm -hmm. about giving to the Lord, and about the God who does give. Mm -hmm. We want to continue that trajectory in Genesis chapter twenty-eight. We are in episode six. And we're going to talk about the character and the person of Jacob. So, Israel, can you pray for us as we get started here? Sure. Father in heaven, we thank you for this great opportunity that we have to open your word and to hear you speak to us collectively and individually. And as you express to us more and more about your character of giving and loving and everything that you are, we pray that you'd bless us, bless our conversation in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Kelly, we're like kind of halfway point in our quarter here. And what are some high points that, that you remember that you want to just like, oh, I want to make that mine, not just because I'm part of the show, but because I want to just make that part of my life. Yeah. Well, two things stick out. One is I think about the story of Cain and Abel, and it it's such a familiar story mm. that it's easy to just be like, yeah, Cain and Abel, we know, one good, one bad, cool. Mm -hmm. But the worship lessons that come out from that story of they're both giving, but one is giving for a different reason, and then one is giving in a different way that reveals walking by faith and also not walking by mm -hmm. faith. Um, another part. That was a good episode. Can yeah. You know? mm -hmm. Another episode I really enjoyed was looking at all the different ways that Abraham was faithful in giving back to God because he remembered that God was actually the giver mm. and he was just responsible for things that had been entrusted to him. Mm -hmm. So I think for me, it, it can be easy to think like giving's just monetary, mm. but you can see in all these different aspects of Abraham's life of what it means to give by faith. And so I, I really enjoyed that episode mm -hmm. too. What's cool is like every every narrative has like the same pattern. Uh, in the sense they recognize God as the giver, as you mentioned. Mm -hmm. uh, but they all express it in a tiny, tiny, tiny different way. Yeah, mm -hmm. and it's cool to see those different shades of, of giving. Let's go to Genesis chapter 28. And Sebastian, can you read verse 10 uh, to verse, verse something teen? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> verse, verse 10 to 15. <laughs> Absolutely. Now Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. So he came to a certain place and stayed there all night because the sun had set. And he took one of the stones of that place and put it at his head, and he lay down in that place to sleep. Then he dreamed, and behold, a ladder was set up on the earth, and its top reached to heaven. And there the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie I will give to you and your descendants. Also, your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west and the east, to the north and the south, and in you and in your seed all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Behold, I am with you 
and will keep you wherever you go, and will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. Okay, so those are the five verses we see in the, in the Jacob narrative. What are some things we can unpack from those verses uh, that you want to bring out in terms of setting up how, what kind of giver uh, Jacob is? Israel? First of all, I, what comes to mind is the fact that why is the story taking place to begin with? Why is Jacob here? Mm. The reason why Jacob here, if in reading the rest of the narrative, is because he's running away. He's a fugitive. He's running away from, not necessarily a fugitive, but he's running away from his brother. His brother. He's mm -hmm. afraid for his life. Mm -hmm. He's got a good reason to be running because he's messed up. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's essentially messed up and destroyed his whole family, mm -hmm. right? His brother, his mother, his father, messed up the whole. So he's, so he's running away, and in in the middle of this, you know. Um, in the middle of this experience where he's running away because of, because of problems that he's brought upon himself, mm. he sleeps with the rock as his pillow. Mm. And in Which that, is always an interesting thing. I don't know how he could sleep. Yeah, that. I know. <laughs> he sure. probably woke up with a kink on his neck, right? <laughs> so, you know, in, in the midst of this, in the, the Bible doesn't say that. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I said probably. I'm Tolstoy. Can I finish? So, so, so in the midst of, in the midst of this, like very, very difficult time in his life, yep. what's crazy is that he receives this dream, yep. and it's a dream of a better future, right? In the dream, God is actually speaking to him. Mm -hmm. And it, I mean, if we just unpack even just those few things right there, you just, there's, there's so much in there that, so many lessons that kind of God brings out to us. It, it's possible it, during difficult times that the fact that we can dream, that in and of itself is a gift, mm. right? That even though we're going through horrible times or difficult experiences, God puts within the human being the ability to dream of a better tomorrow, mm -hmm. of a better future. And this mm -hmm. is kind of what he's going through. He's dreaming of a more promising point in life. Mm -hmm. More than just the ability to dream is that God himself comes and he speaks to him. He speaks to him in his own dreams and he speaks to him in this very difficult experience, which shows to me the intimacy that God has with humanity. Mm -hmm. Even though Jacob has messed up his life, even though he has brought this curse upon himself because of who he is, God comes to him, he interacts with him, he communes with him, he speaks to him, mm -hmm. and he, in that speaking he gives them several promises. He gives them the promise of a gift, he gives them the promise of growth, his family will grow, he gives them the promise of transformation, he will be a new person, and then he gives him the promise of his presence that he will be with him, mm. you know, and bring this him back. This is in verse 13 God. and through 15, yeah? He yeah. Says, uh, I will give to you, you and your descendants. Verse 14, your descendants will be a lot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> in you and <laughs> your <lot>. seed, <laughs> all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Yep. Uh, mm. And then you mentioned presence. I am with you. Yeah. And I'll keep you and bring you back to this land. I will not leave you. Yeah. I mean, those are, that's, that's a precious promises there. Yeah. Yep. Especially in that time. It's really interesting also, Israel, when you mentioned about where, where Jacob was at this time in his life and that the nature of the dream was about the connection between the point where Jacob was and where God was standing above that ladder. Mm. And that God had a way that even in your lowest point, that there was still the ability of heaven to reach you. Yeah. That heaven was able to reach all the way down to that very low depth to a point where literally your pillow is on a is a stone. Yeah, your family is destroyed. You literally have nothing but the possessions on your on your back. Super low point. 
And in that moment, you realize that a lot of the giving that comes out of Jacob's experience here in, in Genesis 28 is about God's ability and ways in which he reaches us in those low moments. Mm-hmm. And it only makes sense that the, the, you would make commitments and the vow that Jacob makes to a God that says, look, even if you fall down to the point where you can't pay your rent, even if you get to the point where you're not sure where you're going to live, even if you destroyed your family, like heaven is able to still reach you, mm-hmm. even in that point. And who would you better and would rather commit to, mm-hmm. to give on a consistent basis mm-hmm. than the one who says, I will consistently be able to reach you mm-hmm. yeah. and I'll be consistently able to find you no matter where you are and whatever point you are in your life. So you, you mentioned the, the vow. Let's actually read it in the text here. Let's go to verse 18. Uh, of Genesis 28, the Bible says, Then Jacob rose up early in the morning and took the stone that he had put at his head and set it up as a pillar and poured oil on top of it. He called the name of that place Bethel, but the name of that city had been loosed previously. Then Jacob made a vow, Mm -hmm. saying, If God will be with me and keep me in this way that I am going and give me bread to eat and clothing to put on so that I will come back to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. And this stone, which is his pillow, Uh, which I have set as a pillar, shall be God's house. And all that you give me, I will surely give a tenth to you." Mm. Very interesting reaction. I mean, I get the vow, I get the whole, the pillow thing is kind of weird, and he he makes it like, he pours oil on it, and like, hey, but I think it's there as a, like a, as a what? From pillow to pillar. From pillow to pillar. (laughs) That's Jacob's book, (laughs) New York Times bestseller. um, But it's almost as if he takes like, something that's, that's um, not ephemeral, what's the word I'm looking for? Something that's like permanent, and mm. he says like, this is now a marker in nature, so that every time I pass by, that this, just as this rock is like, quote, forever, yeah. I want my vow to be forever. You know? mm. But then he goes into this tithe thing, he's like, and then I'll give a tenth to you. Like, it's kind of a, it's a, it's a, it's a quirky thing. Yep. Um, what leads people to tithe? Is this tithing lead to, to um, trusting God, or does trusting God lead to tithing and giving? Um, uh, how, what, what's, what's the egg and what's the... The chicken. Chicken. <laughs> <laughs> I think it, it can be cyclical, like it can cause each other, mm. but at least from my experiences, I tithe because I trust God. Mm. Um, but then when it becomes a vow and it's a regular thing, mm. it's also just a reminder to trust God that I'm tithing. Mm. Like it's the mm. habit that reminds me of the trust. Mm-hmm. Cause like, man, I'm, I'm breaking the habit. So it reminds me. So that's where it becomes cyclical. Mm-hmm. But I don't think people randomly are like, I want to trust, like, I'm just going to think of this in my head and just think of tithe. Mm-hmm. But like we see with Jacob here, it's a response mm-hmm. to what God has already done and what God promises to do in our lives. Mm-hmm. You know, when you, I remember I, I met a um, young lady at a church and she was asking me uh, for advice about whether she should go to her job. Mm-hmm. Um, and her job was uh, definitely inappropriate. It was like an evening dancer type job, right? And had children and everything, and I was like... ballroom dancing you're talking about? Yeah, I'm talking about like, yes, inappropriate, (laughs) inappropriate. (laughs) Just just didn't want to go too deep in that context. Okay, anyway. Um, But anyway, you know, the the, the struggle that she was having was she had all these bills, but she made so much money um, doing it. And so it's like, well, how am I going to pay my bills? How am I going to do this? And so, you know, my encouragement to her was like, look, you know, God has a thousand ways, right, of which we know not one. And so I didn't know what she decided to do. But the next day when I was coming there to um, do my speaking, 
um, she was calling the first the elder to reach me because what happened was she ended up not going, spent the night with her kids, whatever, and then um, she was like, well, I have to pay this thing, so let me just check my bank account. And someone wired her the money for the bill, unknown to her. Like the money just appeared in her account. She doesn't know where it came from, how it got there. Mm -hmm. And um, she was like literally in tears. Mm -hmm. So there was like this element of like Jacob, at that moment when he was trusting, he did not have those possessions. Mm -hmm. He was not returning back to his father's house, right? He did not have all these descendants. So it's like all of these promises that we present to people, as in Jacob, you know, who was willing to promise God back, there's this sort of mutual thing, right? Like this mutual covenant trusting relationship between Jacob and God. I'm going to do this forever in the future. After God just said, I'm gonna do this in your future. Mm -hmm. So Jacob's like, well, this is what I'm gonna do forever in your future, right? I'm always gonna give you a 10th. Mm -hmm. But it, it, in my experience, and as the story illustrates, um, her trust came first. Mm -hmm. And then the giving, the vows, and all those different things. But I think in, in, a, in, a, in another sense, from her perspective, she had to vow first. Mm -hmm. It was her giving to God and saying, I'm gonna trust you. I'm, and and it's, it's weird how those things can be yeah. almost interchangeable in the mind of a person. Like, yeah. I gave and committed to you, and then right, you blessed and now yeah. I trust you. No, I like Callie's word. It, it, it is cyclical. It yeah. is cyclical. But the important thing, important thing is that you got to enter the cycle at some point right. yes. before you to, point, to yeah. cycle around. Correct. Um, uh, this, this, this term of a vow is like, it's like an old term. Mm -hmm. You know, you hear like, you always, you know, in my, my weird imagination, it's like in the olden times where people are like, <laughs> I vow to, you know. That's right. Your revenge, Destroy you. I yeah. vow to, whatever. <laughs> we don't hear that language anymore. No. We don't have... Uh, what, 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 is, what, what do we do in our modern context that, that we do vows, that we make promises? It's a pro it is a promise. It's like a vow, like a wedding vow. You know, okay, a yeah, oh, wedding vow. Like, I didn't think of wedding yeah. vows. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say people who get married and yeah. make vows. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It's a commitment that we're making to, and, and to God, right, or that he's making to God. And, and he's making that commitment to God in faith because God is essentially promising a future that is completely opposite of his present, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. He's saying right now you have a torn up family, mm -hmm. but through you, all the families of the world will be blessed, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. yeah. You're leaving now with your, uh, you know, uh, Pillow being stone. being a stone. Yeah. I'm going to reverse that. I'm going to gift you all of these different things. Mm -hmm. You're alone. There's nobody with you. I'm going to give you my presence to be with you for the rest of your life. That kind. So clearly, this is more than a tr a, a transaction. Mm -hmm. This is not a, a legal document. If you do this, then I will yeah, do this. That's not. It, it, that's not what it is. Mm -hmm. Like because I give you money, you give me a house. Yes. This is a relational contract that is taking mm -hmm. place. And when you look at it in those terms, everything kind of changes and falls into its proper place, right? Mm -hmm. Like when two people get married and they exchange vows, right? You're saying, I'm going to be faithful to you as my spouse. And then in return is the spouse responds with, I'm also going to be faithful to you. And that continues to grow mm -hmm. and grow and grow in its commitment, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. In other words, just because my wife is faithful to me, it doesn't mean like, well, I'm going to be faithful to you just because you're going to be faithful to That's me. That's right. No, it's like now I want to be more than faithful to you. I want to add to your faithfulness this and this and this and this. And that relationship continues to grow and to grow. That cyclical ping pong yeah. dynamic yeah. rather than an if-then uh, right, transaction. Exactly. Mm -hmm. to, to add to that thought, I'm just thinking about the vows of here and as well as marriage vows is there's a consistency to it in that, you know, we're faithful, but there's also 
how the circumstances change, mm -hmm. like in sickness and in health, mm, yeah. in riches and for poor. Mm -hmm. And so it's not like, okay, as long as you do X, Y, and Z, then we're good. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, I love you and you love me, but all these things can change around us. Mm -hmm. And even as God has, has promised these things to Jacob, he doesn't say, and you will have a smooth life and everything will be beautiful. Mm -hmm. Esau loves you, everything's great. <laughs> like, yep. And also Laban's not gonna <laughs> take away all these things yep. from you. <laughs> like he just says, this is the consistency, God's character and God's faithfulness. That is the consistency running throughout this vow but your circumstances may change. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's the gravity of a vow. Mm -hmm. Is there something that stays even if all the things around it change? Mm -hmm. And, oh, and, and okay. that kind of takes me to uh, a parallel thing to marriage, which is also baptism, mm -hmm. is also you Baptismal take vows, vows. right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you're like, hey, this is what I vow to believe, that there's one God, right? And that Jesus Christ is the only way of salvation and the church, et cetera, et cetera. And sometimes we don't recognize that a baptism is as sacred as a marital vow, mm -hmm. and that you are making a similar commitment to God. Mm -hmm. And, and I, in, 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 in that experience, going back to Callie's uh, point about whether my situation gets better, I'm still vowing to do these things to God. I'm still vowing to use my influence to grow His church, even when I get offended, even when relationships are not great in the church, mm -hmm. even when I don't agree with how things are going, but that's not what you vowed, right? You didn't say, well, I'll do this and study my Bible daily and keep away from narcotics as long as, mm -hmm. right? Going back to the transactional piece. Yeah. But it's like, I'm promising this. Mm -hmm. And this is before the circumstances arise. And this is before I see all the blessings and the promises that God is offering to me mm -hmm. that I'm willing to make that commitment. And I think that's the beauty of Jacob is that I'm willing to crown you as my Lord. I'm willing to crown you as my God even in this moment of poverty and complete absence, where there's no glory in doing this. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I think that's the beauty of this type of a giver, right? It's like, are you willing to crown Jesus as Lord and Savior when there is no glory and he's not coming on the clouds and you know, effulgent with <laughs> all these different mm -hmm. blessings coming out? Mm -hmm. And even going back to Jacob's vow, so in verse 20, it says, then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and keep me in this way that I'm going, and give me bread to eat and clothing to put on so that I come back to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. And then the pillow, pillar, and the tent. <laughs> mm -hmm. But what, what strikes me is he doesn't say, if you do all these things and make my descendants like the stars, mm, right. and you give me so much bread to eat that I can't even eat it all, then I'll give a tent. Mm -hmm. It's like mm -hmm. the bare minimum. If I have clothes to wear, mm -hmm. if mm -hmm. I have bread to eat, right. like if I have anything that passes my hand, then I'm gonna give a tenth back. And it goes back to that, making sure it's a consistent vow. It's not, if I have excess, God, you know, I, I'll think of you. <laughs> I'll be sure to give it <laughs> to you. I'll keep you in mind. <laughs> right, well, as long as I have enough. But it's like, if I even just have enough to cover my bare necessities, like mm. the very basics. Minimal, not maximal. Yeah, yeah. that I'm gonna give because that just means it crosses my hands. Yeah. yeah. Something that's important to note real quick, Justin, in, yep. verse, um, in verse 21, verses 21 and 22, mm -hmm. it's that, First, he says in verse 21, it says, you know, so that I come back to my father's house in peace. He says, then the Lord shall be my God. That's point number one. Point mm -hmm. number two is, and this stone, which I have set up as a pillar, will be God's house and so forth. And then I will give a tenth. So what he's saying is, and I think this is very, very critical to our understanding of what it means to give back to God our tithes and offerings. What he's saying is, I am giving to God, I am giving to God the Lord, I'm giving to the Lord because the Lord is my God. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm giving to him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
and he is my God because he keeps this promise, right? Mm -hmm. And so mm. I, what, what this, the lesson that this points out to me is this, that uh, returning to God tithes and giving uh, offerings to, his, to further his work or to help others who are in more need than we are, that we do that as a testament to the fact that he is my God. In other words, God says, you give to me if I'm your God. If I'm not your God, don't give to me, mm -hmm. right? And so this is an outward expression of something that has inwardly taken place. I have a relationship with God, therefore I'm going to give to him, mm -hmm. right? And so it's imp the reason why I say that is because so many times we don't think about it that way. We think I have to give back because I'm punished because I'm part of this church mm. and or, or the church needs, you know, the, you know, it's like I'm punished because I, I chose membership. I'm paying membership dues, right? Yeah. That's not the way it is at all. Mm. I give to God because God has promised to be with me. The promise that God has made to me is extremely and incredibly beautiful based on where I find myself right mm -hmm. now. He's given me the opposite, uh, the opposite of where my current situation is. In my wretchedness, he's replacing that with his peace and with his giving and with his presence, right? Mm -hmm. And so because of that, I want you then to be my God. And as a testament to that, then I want to give to you. Mm -hmm. I want to give to you because of this relationship that exists uh, between us, not because I'm part of a cool kids club and you know, you're, you know, my 995 is going to help pay for membership dues and whatever. <laughs> that's not what that's there for, you know. Yeah, I, I just got flashbacks to when I was a little kid. <laughs> 995. Yeah, like, yeah. That's a very interesting very number. K cool there. kids club. Yeah, yeah. You Channel know, nine. I I I like ATLA. in verse 22, uh, in verse 21. Then the Lord shall be my God. Mm -hmm. uh, and you see this, this is part of uh, Jacob's conversion experience. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, he's adopted his parents' faith up to this point, but he as uh, he's like a church member, but he's kind of still playing around, messing, and he's just totally um, in the rough. And then it, I, I guess the question, this is my comment and a question all mixed together, but he has this, the stone is, I'm still obsessed with this stone, right? He's like, <laughs> he has the stone, the oil poured on it, and he's almost as if he's talking to this stone in a sense, like you're, you're gonna be a witness. And you see this in throughout, throughout the Old Testament, like God, often when he's pronouncing something, he says, oh, hear ye mountains and you rivers right. and, and oh, hear earth. Yeah. And, you know, in our modern context, like, that's just, you know, a mountain. That's just, you know, what, why is he doing that? It's almost as if God is saying like, look, I want someone to be a witness to what I'm saying. Mm. I want you to witness how bad Israel is, or like yeah. he's trying to appeal to like a jury, right? Yeah. And so in our in our vows also, we we like it's it's like, man, I want to I want to vow to God and I want someone to witness this. I'm like, what do I have? I'm like, rock. You know, like <laughs> I want, I want no. you to witness this. And this like this is I just had a, a, a heavenly ladder and like every That's time I see this point. rock, I want to be reminded of this. Yeah. I guess the question is, what is the role of other people? of a vow being public, what's the power of that? Because a lot of times we do it like, you know what, I promise this, but it's just kind of like, you're, it's not a real prayer, it's just kind of a thought you have in your heart, mm -hmm. and then later on you kind of, you may do it, you may not do it. You know, yes. we play these mind games, Correct. but a vow is like, you just and there's people who like, they sign off and like, it's like, it's made real. Yes. Yeah. Like how do we get it, our promises and our vows and our relationship with God to be real. <laughs> Two things come to mind with the different vows we've been talking about, everything yep. from baptism to marriage. One is accountability. Mm. 
of you're not just making a promise in secret, but it's yes. like, I mean, even to be completely honest, like a lot of times, like your pride, even like, man, people know, <laughs> so I gotta do this. <laughs> yeah. um, but also the other side of accountability is encouragement, mm. is people maybe seeing you struggle and encouraging you along the way. Mm -hmm. So people, a lot of you all know, you're all at our wedding, mm -hmm. you know? So if you see David and I struggling, or you notice things like you can encourage David, you can encourage me, because you know that so we're married So th those guests at your wedding are not people who just got, oh, I got invited to the cool people. Yeah. It's they are now made accountable yeah. to your relationship mm -hmm. and then to encourage. I mean, that's, I think that's, that's a powerful that? communal thing. I yeah, I agree to that. You said that. And, and, and also <laughs> to, to compound that is, it also gives an opportunity to those witnesses to see God working in the accomplishment of that vow. Because mm. mm -hmm. even in a marriage, it's like, yeah, I will commit to this and this and this by God's help, right? This is not something you're going to fulfill sure, in sure. your own strength. Sure. And so there's... Ultimately, the vow is to each other in waiting to see how God will do the thing that he's going to do. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. And I, I think that's also a beautiful element to the baptism and the marital mm -hmm. vow situation. Mm -hmm. And for Jacob, as he keeps returning, that becomes a witness to other people in the ways that God is blessing, mm -hmm. which we find out later in his life where Laban is like, I've seen that yeah. I am blessed because of you yeah. mm -hmm. and that the Lord by you has blessed my flock and everything. Mm -hmm. I, so, yeah. so, I, I, so that's where I think that God being reflected in that is also another witness element of making it public. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I see the witness element as a witness to himself. Mm -hmm. You know, I, the way I understood the story was that here you have a picture of Jacob, the only possession that he has is that, is that pillow, <laughs> right? That rock. <laughs> yeah. that's rock. Well, yeah. You're right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> vows are also not just us. There, there's a, there is a, there is a personal accountability yeah. factor too, yeah. and, and personal encouragement. Every time he yeah. passes by that rock, it's and, yeah, that's the only thing he's yeah. got, and that is a reminder to him every time he passes by that rock. It's a reminder of him of what transpired yep. that night, something that he will never forget. Yep. And, and it's a reminder also of of kind of like the debt that he has to God, yeah. you know, because of God's goodness to him. Uh, I just want to, how do we do that in our modern context? We just go out there and get a rock and be like, you're my Bethel and I want, <laughs> like, I know that sounds, you know, I'm not trying to be trite, but like, yeah. we don't do this anymore. <laughs> well, I think the recognition, like for me, like, like when we, when we purchased our home, you know, when we purchased our home, every time I walk into my house, it's a reminder. I have a place to live. This is a gift from God. Mm -hmm. There have been places in my life, like geographical places where I've had an experience with God. Mm -hmm. Every time I visit, I make it a point to go back, reflect. Israel, do you remember what happened mm -hmm. here when you were a teenager and you were weeping because you thought you were far away from God and God came to you? These are I try very to make cool. it a point to do yeah. that in my life. Use Google Maps for your spiritual reminders. That's okay, a good idea. Kelly. <laughs> well, something that I do, it's a little formal, but when I make a really big decision, like a vow, or I'm going to obey this call of God, I actually write it out, like I, Kelly Baruchara, mm. hereby obey, <laughs> and I sign it, and I date it. <laughs> so you're writing out your own covenant. Yeah, in your I do. And it's, yeah. it's just a good reminder, because I'll go back and be like, that was the right decision, mm. or yeah. I it's so wonderful to see how God's faithfulness has answered that promise. Amen. Well, uh, we want to really encourage you to write out your vows <laughs> to God or get out Google Maps and find out where God has led you in your life. Mm. Uh, I know me personally, I have a journal and I don't write out my contracts out That's with okay. God, but I do see how God has been faithful throughout mm -hmm. my life and see His mercy. And I want to record these moments and then also give thanks to how good God has been. We want to encourage you to also make vows in your giving, in your living, in your sharing, and in your serving. 
and we want to grow together as we encourage each other and we inspire each other in, this, in, this, in these vows and in these promises. Hopefully this conversation has been a blessing to you. We want to encourage you to go to inversebible.org and continue studying with us. We'll see you next week here on Inverse. God bless you guys. You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jonathan Walter, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by The Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag InverseBible. Until next time, this is Inverse.